0: developing your understanding and awareness of leadership. I'm Steve Rush, and I'm your host today. I'm the author of Leadership Cake. I'm a transformation consultant and leadership coach. and can't wait to start sharing all things leadership with you. Amy Lynn is a special guest on today's show. Amy is the CEO of Create Magic at Work. She's also a Berkeley-certified executive coach, I'm one of the world's leading practitioners on spiritual intelligence. But before we get a chance to speak with Amy, it's the Leadership in News. Given today's show is about spiritual intelligence, we're going to start off by diving into emotional intelligence. So what is it? Well, at the most basic level, emotional intelligence is the ability to understand your own emotions and other people's feelings. A high level of emotional intelligence will help us as leaders engage with others effectively. Emotional intelligence affects all aspects of our professional and personal life, from our ability to self-regulate our emotions, to manage behaviour, sell an idea and lead and form healthy relationships. Many companies have determined employees with a high level of emotional intelligence increase a company's productivity and significantly impacts on the bottom line. So as a leader, if you're looking ways to boost your emotional intelligence, here's a few steps to help you on your way. Learn to stay cool. As the saying goes, you attract more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. You're more likely to get what you need by being polite rather than being rude. We say things we would get when we're stressed and angry. While stress is, of course, a normal part of life, it can also distract us from the rational thinking that we absolutely need. Stress, however, dramatically affects how we deal with problematic situations. If you feel yourself getting stressed, take a walk, get some fresh air, sip some water, but take a break. If you want to boost your emotional intelligence, you need to learn how to avoid succumbing easily to the stresses in our personal and professional lives. Next, develop empathy and compassion. Emotional intelligence is the ability to identify and manage not only our own emotions, but for those around us as well. Their opinions, judgments, demands, and requests of others can also cause us to lose our cool. But by stepping into their shoes, understanding can really set us apart. Be present in the moment and try and examine it from all angles. It could be entirely possible that you're reading into a situation that isn't actually happening right in front of you. Their intent could be altogether different from your understanding of their situation. Be definitive. Are you someone who has things happen to them or are you the person that makes things happen? Learn how to take ownership of the situations in our lives. You're in the driver's seat after all. With higher emotional intelligence, you'll realize that you are in control of all of your outcomes, even though you might not think so. Emotional intelligence helps you respond in an empowering way, where circumstances and situations could be even really quite challenging and help you find a way around. Remember, you're in the driving seat. Change old habits. Change how you engage with others. If you're in the habit of cutting people off when they speak, practice stopping it. Learn to be fully present when engaging with others. Listen thoroughly to what somebody is saying without thinking how you're gonna respond. Just be in the moment, and yet it takes practice. And lastly, practice mindfulness. Mindfulness is the practice of observing the present moment without judging what you notice. The more you're able to observe without judging, the less likely you are actually to react to the environment and to those around you. And to sum this up nicely, Viktor Frankl, author of Man's Search for Meaning, states that everything can be taken from a man, but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, which is to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. And developing our emotional intelligence will help us all enjoy this freedom to choose your attitude in any given circumstance. So in conclusion, researchers have determined that emotional intelligence has more impact on success than IQ, your intelligence, the good news is that your level of emotional intelligence is not fixed, and it can be changed, and we can nurture it, and it can grow. If you want some more information on emotional intelligence, one of the godfathers that brought this to R4 is Daniel Coleman, and he has a book, Emotional Intelligence, Why It Can Matter More Than IQ continue to keep your new stories flowing to us. But for now, let's get into the show. Joining me on the show today is Amy Lynn Durham. Amy is a certified executive coach. She's the founder and CEO of her company, Create Magic at Work, and they offer spiritual intelligence and emotional intelligence tools to energize and transform the workplace. Amy's also written a fantastic book named, of course, Create Magic at Work. Amy, welcome to the Leadership Hacker Podcast.
1: Thank you for having me, Steve. I'm happy to be here.
0: We always love to kick the show off with an opportunity for you to share a little bit about how you've arrived doing what you're doing. So tell us a little bit about the backstory.
1: How have I arrived? <laughs> what a question. Yeah, it's a, it's a roller coaster ride for sure, being a solopreneur, entrepreneur. Um, my background is in uh, the corporate world as a corporate executive. I've worked for private and publicly traded companies uh, at my peak, I was working for a large telecommunications company, and I was operating about $40 million a year in operating income and managing a little over 400 employees. And I mainly ran um, half of California, which is the size of a small country, <laughs> if
0: you will. It's in fact bigger than, it's in fact <laughs> yeah, exactly. bigger than many countries, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, Um, And part of which was the Bay Area and Silicon Valley. So I have a strong background in achieving sales goals, HR, recruiting, employee engagement, workplace culture, and all of those things that are involved with that. Uh, While I was in my um, position there, I really felt like my creativity was stifled in the workplace. And... In my final year in that position, I made a goal within myself that I wanted to show to the C-suite leaders that human connection improves productivity and profitability versus pitting people against each other in unhealthy competition. And so I planned for a year to leave my job and I didn't tell anyone. Um, because I wanted to go on a journey where I reinjected myself back into the workplace to do these connecting activities. But what I did during the year that I stayed in my job was I used my employees to test out these field tested activities that I ended up putting in my book. And I wanted to make sure I left on top, um, again, to show that these work these things work in the workplace.
0: Awesome. And in doing that kind of test and learn, under the radar so to speak what did you fundamentally learn about your existing team that happened as a result of you changing your approach
1: wow well it freed me up as a leader to actually do my job was I'm going to start with the end result and then kind of unthread it from there for you once the team members saw the humanity within each other with these activities we were doing that really at the end of the day, elevated their spiritual intelligence, their SQ and their EQ as well, their emotional tel- intelligence. Um, they worked together better. So, you know, one person would call the other if they had a question or needed help collaboration skyrocketed. I wasn't the only main point of contact anymore. And, the other thing that it did, which is a huge uh, result of skill building and spiritual intelligence in the workplace, is it decreased the ego induced drama. Right. That is pretty time consuming in the workplace, and there were a lot more results um, as far as like the ripple effect for humanity. I mean, there were some beautiful moments that. I feel were healing that people had where they could really show who they are authentically in the workplace. And um, I know that team remembers each other forever now
0: because they've got a deeper, more meaningful connection. Right.
1: hundred percent.
0: Yeah. So you pivoted then into the world of helping others on this journey that you'd experienced yourself by really diving into that what you call spiritual intelligence. Now, for folk listening to this, they may be more familiar with the language of emotional intelligence, but perhaps less so for spiritual intelligence. So maybe you can just give us a little bit of a an overview if you like as to what spiritual intelligence is and how that differs or not as a case maybe from EQ.
1: Right, right, yeah. So this is an arguable <laughs> data point, but I'm going to share it because it's a great way to frame it. You get to SQ by way of EQ. So, if you have been working on self awareness of your emotions and working on building connections in the workplace, that's sort of skill building in EQ. SQ is when you start pondering, you know, why am I here? what is my life purpose? What are my values? And am I living in alignment with those values? And it's that point in your life where you start thinking of those different questions for yourself. The adult development theory says it typically happens around your early to mid thirties. But obviously we're all human and there's exceptions, right? right. The definition of spiritual intelligence is the ability, and this is from Cindy Wigglesworth, who developed the 21 skills of SQ. And her definition is the ability to maintain inner and outer peace, make decisions with wisdom and compassion, regardless of the situation, even under great stress. So if you take that definition and think, wow, what if all of our leaders were able to do that? In the workplace. How amazing would that be?
0: be an amazing place. Yeah. <laughs>
1: right. <definitely. laughs> yeah.
0: It's an interesting notion that in order to get to SQ, you've got to go through this emotional intelligence journey, but actually it starts with self, doesn't it? In that kind of foundation block.
1: It does. I mean, you don't even have to know what emotional intelligence is. It just, and again, the adult development theory says that that's around your early to mid twenties where your brain is developed enough to really start experiencing compassion for others but if you're in that space and you're working on self-awareness of your emotions building connections having emotional management strategies all of those things right the next stepping stone would be sq
0: if i was a leader listening to this thinking around okay so I, i feel relatively grounded in my emotion intelligence what's my next step to start exploring spiritual intelligence
1: yeah Okay, so <laughs> the next step would be. Well, I mean, to be, I offer an SQ experience that I take you through all of it, um, where we we I issue an SQ assessment on the 21 skills, and you can see what level you're operating at at this current time frame of the 21 skills of SQ, and then you can go from there. You can deep dive into whatever skill resonates with you. You don't have to work on all 21 skills. If there's a few that you're like, I don't even care about this. Great. Um, we can work on the ones that resonate with you. And for me, it's, it's a, it's a lifelong journey. So I have a, I have a client just to give you a client story that knew their life purpose for the majority of their adult life. And they really did a great job with their career and, and, you know, Working in that life purpose space, well, now they're in a different phase of their life. Their life has changed, um, as it, as our lives do, and they're trying to rediscover a new life purpose. And so this stuff can be cyclical too. It's not like a one and done. Right. Yeah.
0: Got it. So, what are the core elements of then spiritual intelligence?
1: The first is creating an awareness of your ego versus your higher self. Once you've created that awareness, then you can move on to, I mean, this is my opinion. This is what I think is really the core element here is moving on to, okay, I'm aware of when my ego gets in the driver's seat. I'm aware of when I'm operating from my higher self. And now I can practice seeking guidance from my higher self. I can practice operating from the space of my higher self more. And that to me is the core of all of this. How can we become aware of our ego and when it's operating, how can we work to have our ego in service to our higher self? And how can we practice seeking guidance from our higher self? So spiritual intelligence is faith neutral you can be agnostic, you can be atheist, doesn't matter. As long as you believe there's a place within you that comes from wisdom, compassion, love that you can access, you can work on the 21 skills of SQ.
0: I guess you have to have gone through that realization though first in order to be open to this, right?
1: The realization of separating your ego?
0: Yeah, and, and also realizing that there is something else to explore that, that you haven't yet gone through to find new ways of thinking and behaving.
1: Yes. You have to definitely have some sort of awareness and some sort of curiosity to want to do the work that's required. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, because yeah, you know, some leaders, it, it does take looking in the mirror and some inner work. Yeah. And some leaders don't want to do that. Um, and that's okay. That's, that's the space they're in right now, but. I really, truly feel this is, this is what will make you and your company a next level organization is operating from, from these skill sets.
0: And from your experience as being a coach using the Spiritual Intelligence SQ steps, Maybe just share with us a story or an example of where you've seen somebody really transition and make a significant difference to the way that they lead their business and the team.
1: So, there's a really common skill that a lot of clients want to go to and talk about it. And it's in quadrant four and it's skill 19. And the skill is making wise and compassionate decisions. And let me tell you where the transformation happens. The transformation happens with the individual most often lately. And I, I don't know. I can, you know, I don't have the scientific data behind it, but I can speak to a correlation with the pandemic. These leaders are great leaders. And what ends up happening is when we dig a little bit deeper, we discover they need to make wise and compassionate decisions for themselves. And they're great leaders, Obviously, because they want to dive into that skill, right? Oh, I want, to, I want to dive into making wise and compassionate decisions. I want to operate at a really high skill level for my team and my people in that area. Great. That is a great intention. Beautiful. Creating that ripple effect as a leader. But, oh, by the way, are you making wise and compassionate decisions for yourself? Right. Are you burning yourself out? are you overworking yourself for your team? Then we get into boundary setting and a little bit of self-care with that. So interestingly enough, the transformation happens with the individual taking care of themselves so they can take care of their people in a better, clearer way. Yeah. That's one example.
0: <laughs> it's it's a great example. And I remember when you and i first met you you shared this story with me around how you go about helping people on this journey and i remember you sharing the approach you take because you you genuinely take coaching to another level when it comes to sq where you not only do you get the reports to make that spiritual connection yourself i remember you sharing that you know you meditate over the report and the words you actually use, which I was quite inspired by, was you actually almost ingest the energy that you get from their <laughs> reports. And if you remember, you and I had this conversation, I don't know, is that the right word? And mm-hmm. and and I think that, that felt really quite powerful for me. And I just wondered if you could share how that experience evolves.
1: Yeah. So once they start the SQ experience, uh, they start the journey with taking the SQ assessment. And then once the results come through, I spend a lot of time reading those results, meditating on the results. And really, like you said, in, I ingest the, the energy of the results so I can really show up for, for my client and, and be there for them. And then I create custom coaching questions for them in order to help move them forward on their journey with this, their leadership journey with this. It's a, it's a really cool experience. I had one particular client, this is just coming to mind. I just love this story. I love to share it. He scored so high on being able to operate from his higher self. And I was like, oh my gosh, did you know that you have this magic gift already innately um, that you just operate from your higher self? And when a leader can do that, you know, like I said before, ego-induced drama just kind of falls away or you don't attract drama or people that are angry in your presence, the anger sort of dissipates. And I, and I pointed that out to him because it's nice to name that and to know like, yeah, when I'm in a space with other people, my energy as a leader or as someone in a position of power actually ripples out 10 times over. So how amazing is it that this type of energy This coming from a place of uh, calm common healing presence, inner wisdom, compassion, love is rippling out to the people that I'm interacting with. And he said, oh my gosh, did you, when I was a little boy uh, in school, the teacher would always sit the bad kid next to me. And she always said she did that because he seemed to behave better uh, when he sat next to me.
0: That's really fascinating, isn't it?
1: <laughs> and I said, yeah, I just I the the things that come about with these interactions are really cool. And people discover hidden strengths that they know were there, but they just need a light shined on them.
0: Yeah. So that's tapping into spirituality at a much deeper level, isn't it? Than perhaps most people would consciously be aware of. It is. And I wonder, as a, as a coach, how do you get people tuned into that depth of understanding?
1: Yeah, so I have two parts to the way that I operate. I have that deep, <laughs> that deep stuff that I was just talking about with you. And then I have the super fun, playful uh, tools that I offer. So that's why I designed Create Magic at Work. I put all the fun leadership activities in my book that leaders can grab My book is like 64 pages. It's tiny. And I did that on purpose. And I designed it for the leader that can just grab it and go to an activity and do the activity with their team. The activity elevates their EQ and SQ, but it's super fun. Right. So, yeah, we do the deep inner work with the one-on-one SQ experience or the workshops or the, the, the speaking engagements. But at the same time, you can just do something fun. With your team. And it can start simple. It doesn't have to be this huge deep dive into SQ. I have a journaling exercise in my book. It's called Journaling with a Twist, where um, you take a journal. I designed a journal prompt card deck for the workplace and for your career. So you can pull a journal card for your team to journal on a theme, time them for 10 minutes, they rapid write answers to the questions, and then if they're comfortable, They can share it with everyone. That was a huge connecting activity uh, that I did with my team that brought everyone together. Because once everyone hears each other's answers, you start seeing the humanity in each other. And it's simple.
0: Yeah. And fundamentally, this is about that human connection, about how we become more connected so that we become more empathetic, more productive, more positive, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What would be your experience that generally in corporate life we don't have as much human connectivity as we perhaps could have or should have?
1: Okay, I'm really glad you asked me this, because I I've been I saw an article the other day on some neuroscience data. And and I know that there's all kinds of intelligences coming out right now, but it it narrowed it down to the three, to IQ, EQ, and SQ. And it was and to answer your question in the short form it's because the workplaces that we're working in are mainly systems designed to only operate under IQ that part of your brain that works under the IQ space yeah and then i'm going to i'm going to answer your question longer now <laughs> so if you I'm just going to give a a simple example. So when you go home from work, let's say you're working for a company that's like super IQ only, you know, P&L statements, Excel spreadsheets, no team team connecting. They don't care about EQ. We're not going to do that woo-woo stuff. We're not going to kumbaya by the fire. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever, right? right? Like like boiler room type. Um, And then you finally get to go home and you get to kick up your feet And relax a little bit and then that eq part of your brain starts being able to kick in and this uh, neuroscience data was showing that it's actually different parts of your brain that you're accessing when you're utilizing these skills and so yeah you get to use some emotion at home you get to relax you get to be who you are and then finally what they were saying is the spiritual intelligence part of your brain is another place you can access that takes you into that beautiful feeling uh, where you're aligned with the ebb and flow of life, where you're in that creative, innovative, playful zone, um, as a couple of examples. And as I read that article, because I know, Steve, you and I are on LinkedIn and we see all of the latest and greatest for workplace topics. And lately, even on my podcast, we talk a lot about how to be your authentic self at work. Can you be your authentic self at work? Why can't you be your authentic self at work? All of those things. And I thought, no wonder. No wonder why some people feel like they can't be their full authentic selves at work. Well, it's because a lot of these systems and these places that we work in are only their environments that are only allowing for accessing one third to maybe two thirds of our total potential Yeah, of our brain.
0: And typically, and I could be really candid here, right? We just don't teach mm-hmm. spiritual intelligence in the same vein as we do with emotional intelligence. We look at leaders, right?
1: No. And I think that some leaders might get caught up with the word spiritual
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, and think that it's religion And then, oh, we don't, you know, we don't want to talk religion in the workplace. We don't want to touch that. And um, for lack of a better word, I think it's just a little bit of uneducation or ignorance on what exactly it is and the benefits of it. So that's why I'm happy you have me on the Leadership Hacker to talk about it, because it's so deep and it's so much more than that. Yeah,
0: it's really more about higher self, right?
1: Totally. And when I talk about accessing your inner wisdom and your higher self, If you have a specific religion that you follow, that's beautiful. And if you want to utilize seeking guidance from your higher power, same thing, right? Mm. And so whatever works for you in your life.
0: We're going to ask you at the end of the show how folk can get a copy of uh, what you're doing around Create Magic at Work and so on and so forth. So hang fire to the end of the show and you can find out how to access Amy's great stuff. Before that, though, we're going to just flip the lens a little bit, Amy. And we're going to hack into your broad and deep and wide leadership experiences. I'm going to try and get you to get them down to your top three leadership hacks. What would they be?
1: Top three leadership hacks. Okay, so if you would have asked me, if you would have asked corporate Amy like 10 years ago, they would have been like super corporate answers, like on time management and on productivity. But now that I am the spiritual executive coach, I am going to share my top three leadership hacks that are going to be so different for you. The first one is when mistakes and chaos occur in the workplace, take a moment to look for the innovation and inspiration hiding underneath. That will make you, that will put you in a quantum leadership space and move you into the space of being a true, wise and effective change agent. So that's the first one. The second one is, remember, it's never too late to start and there are never perfect circumstances. And the third is, I'm tying it into our whole theme today, Steve. (laughs) Take time when making decisions to practice accessing your higher self and your inner wisdom or that higher power, if you believe in that. We seek advice from a lot of experts. That's okay as long as you're not just literally doing what they're saying and you're taking a moment to sit with advice you seek from an expert and see if it's actually right for you and practice seeking that guidance from your higher self and putting that ego aside in the process.
0: I love that last one. Yeah, I can honestly say I act on advice that intrinsically feels right and seems right and off I go into a direction of activity yet had I maybe just spent more time trying to tap into that thinking it might have changed the activity instead, right?
1: Yeah, and it's you know, it's okay we when we feel unsafe or or scared. Sometimes we run to experts to tell us what to do. And I just say, take a pause and see if that really sits right with you before you make a decision, whatever it is. You know, I'm just a broad, real broad here. But think about that because giving away responsibility to someone else to make decisions for your life is not where you want to (laughs) be. i don't want to say i i know i i was gonna say it's an sq failure but I, know I hate i don't want to say that because it sounds so harsh but i the only reason why i'm sharing that is because i personally went through that journey during um 2021 right and it was a beautiful learning experience for me and yeah so
0: and often we will behave differently at work than we would do in our non-work life so you know that we we will ask people for advice and decisions and help me make these decisions at work whereas at home we probably make them ourselves because we have less people and noise around us
1: yeah or i mean sometimes i'm just as an you know sometimes people really have their eq and sq like really locked in in the workplace and then personal relationships, forget about it. <laughs> yeah. And so well, that's our that's our practice. Um, thank you for the lesson. Is sometimes it's our personal relationships that's really our practice that makes us better at work.
0: Definitely, yeah. I can I can resonate with that one for sure. <laughs> so yeah. the next part of the show, we call it hack to attack. So this is typically where an event, an occurrence, a, a thing has happened in your life or your work that hasn't worked out well. But as a result of the experience, you now use it as a positive force in your life and your work. And you've clearly articulated a direction of travel using some of those techniques. But was there perhaps one event which has created that hack to attack for you?
1: I'm going to be super vulnerable and share something I did with my business that I don't like. Um, I, at one point, <laughs> I decided that generating a bunch of leads for my SQ experience was a good idea. And I got talked into using the the LinkedIn automated thing. And, you know, I should have sat with it like we talked about and felt whether it was a right fit for me or not. And I utilized it for a couple of months and it just was not authentic and it was not for me. And I had to, I really learned from that because I mean, it's my whole, you know, transforming workplace culture, human connection. How did I not, (laughs) how did I miss that within myself? And I had to shut it down. And what I learned from it is the power of, again, as we know, a reminder, the power of just connecting with people. Yeah. And having a real conversation. And I knew that. And I gave up my responsibility to some expert, you know, quote unquote experts. And I had to take it back. Mm so yeah it's
0: great and interestingly you know when you even when you look at some of the advances in machine learning and data science there still needs people that are humans that are connected to each other and to the work that they do in order for making the the data science advancements in the last 10 20 years as well so without human connection we still can't even advance through our automated life
1: yeah, absolutely
0: yeah last part of the show we get to give you a chance to do some time travel so you get to bump into Amy at 21 and give us some words of wisdom I'm fairly sure I know where this is going right <laughs> but I want to sense check and get a sense from you as to what would your advice to Amy at 21 be
1: oh my gosh she was a completely different woman than the woman she is today and my advice would be to slow down everything's going to be okay and take a moment to be with take moments really to be with yourself stop running away from yourself
0: like it really wise words great stuff yeah so I'm conscious that in the world of human connection what we do through our medium of podcasting and writing is about that connection and therefore want to make sure we help you connect with our global audience so where's the best place for us to send them now we're done
1: well, I already mentioned LinkedIn. <laughs> so I'm Amy Lynn Durham on LinkedIn, and then also my website, CreateMagicAtWork.net, has all those fun tools I talked about uh, for the workplace, and also the SQ experience that I offer. And you can you can message me on LinkedIn. You will get me responding now, the full human Amy.
0: The real you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And I love to connect and chat and and discuss um, the topics like we discussed today. So
0: super. Yeah, we'll make sure we put those in the show notes along with your other social media links as well. So folk can head straight over and connect with you from here.
1: Perfect. Awesome. Thanks, Steve.
0: Amy, thanks for coming on our show. I love chatting with you. I think the whole notion of sq is going to explode in the future i'm a a big fan and would love to explore personally some more so that's call to action for me and uh, thank you ever so much for for being vulnerable being part of our community on the leadership hacker podcast
1: thank you thank you for having me and i hope we sent some magic to everyone today
0: we certainly have thanks amy thank you i genuinely want to say a heartfelt thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in too We do this in the service of helping others and spreading the word of leadership. Without you listening in, there would be no show. So please subscribe now if you haven't done so already. Share this podcast with your communities and network and help us develop a community and a tribe of leadership hackers. And finally, if you'd like me to work with your senior team, your leadership community, keynote an event, or you would like to sponsor an episode, please connect with us via our social media. And you can do that by following and liking our pages on Twitter and Facebook. Our handle there is at Leadership Hacker. Instagram, you can find us there at the underscore leadership underscore hacker. And at YouTube, we're just Leadership Hacker. So that's me signing off. I'm Steve Rush and I've been the Leadership Hacker.